Real quick driven mofos, you know I don't run any advertising or sell anyone else's shit on this podcast. So the only thing that I'll ever ask from you is that you help me get this podcast out to more people and spread the word by rating and reviewing this podcast. I promise it will only take 10 seconds, so please rate and review if you haven't already done so. And thank you in advance. Our society has this messed up idea of what role models are. And if parents out there are listening to this and they think that athletes and so on are role models for their kids, this is a bad situation. This podcast, The Underestimated Entrepreneur, is for the driven mofos out there who are driven to achieve more in life and business. After studying 1,457 of the world's most successful people in different fields and spending over $1 million on coaches, consultants, and seminars, I want to share with you the key learnings, lessons, tips, tools, and strategies that have not only made them super successful, but have also allowed me to go from the kid who was put into special classes, getting kicked out of school and wanting to end my life, to becoming the mental performance coach to some of the country's most successful people and helping me to grow multiple businesses. I want to help all of those out there who have been underestimated to prove their doubt is wrong and to help them to achieve more than they could possibly imagine. I hope you enjoy. Driven Mofos, welcome back to another episode of The Underestimated Entrepreneur. Today, we're gonna be talking about role models. Now, I saw this in the media only recently where the media were onto a bunch of athletes about being role models and how their inappropriate behavior or what they labeled as inappropriate behavior was bad for kids and how it sets a bad example and blah, blah, blah. And they went on about role models. But here's why role models are a good idea, but they're also a really bad idea. And essentially how to use people effectively to be able to improve the quality of your own life without it becoming self-destructive. And it's a very fine line. So first of all, we need to understand that every time we look up to somebody, we automatically start to put ourselves down. So let's just say there is someone who has this amazing lifestyle and you look up to them and you go, wow, I really want that lifestyle. Well, what will happen is you'll start to compare your life to their life and then you'll start to feel insecure about your life. Also, if you look up to someone, let's say they're highly intelligent, you're looking up to them and you go, wow, I'm looking up to them. They're super intelligent. They're super smart. I wish I was like them. Once you do that, you start to create that self-comparison of they are better than me. I don't see my own greatness now. And because of that, you're going to start to self-depreciate, self-defeat. And this is what happens on social media. You know, you might be scrolling through Instagram. You see this person, they've got an amazing body. You look at your own body in the mirror and you go, you know what? I don't feel like I'm good enough. Now, it's not that you're not good enough. It's just that you're not good enough compared to the person you're comparing yourself to. Now, a lot of people say things like, I'm comparing myself to what I can be, but that's not true because what you can be is what you are currently. You might have had a more jacked body or you may have been healthier in the past or you may have had more money in the past, whatever. That's who you were. It's not who you are today. Maybe your priorities have changed. Maybe your values have shifted. You know, if you were someone who worked extremely hard when you were younger, made a lot of money, but then now family is a higher priority and you work less, then maybe your income is going to reduce a little bit. Maybe it doesn't. I don't know. Or you can't really compare others to you. You can't compare anything to anything. You are who you are and you are who you are today. What you can do is you can set yourself up to have the best day. But when you start comparing yourself to others and you look at the best of what they have and you look at their value structure, which most people don't really understand that when they're comparing themselves to other people, they're essentially comparing their values to somebody else's values. They're comparing their decisions to somebody else's decisions. They're comparing their past to somebody else's past. The comparative is just really unfair. And you're never going to win life this way. You're going to feel like shit consistently if you do this. So let's say you look at the person on social media. They've got a six pack. They're jacked. And you look at them and you go, my body doesn't look like that. 
And so you start to feel insecure. You start to self-depreciate. You know, I shouldn't have eaten that chocolate. I shouldn't drink so much. And then you start to create all these shoulds. I should go to the gym more. I should exercise more. So then tomorrow morning, you book in your calendar. I'm going to go to the gym. And now you're trying to become a gym junkie when it's not really your values. Maybe family is a higher priority. Maybe business is a higher priority. Maybe travel and experience is a higher priority. Maybe learning and education is a higher priority. But you're going to force yourself to go to the gym. And I hear people say this all the time. You know, I have to force myself to go do it. Well, you're not going to enjoy the gym. You're going to be there. You're going to be on the treadmill. You're going to be thinking about all the other shit that you'd rather be doing. And over time, as you self-depreciate, beat yourself up and force you to do things you don't want to do, your energy is going to decrease. When your energy decreases, you're going to feel that it's harder to make decisions and you're going to slip. Then when you slip, you're going to self-depreciate more, beat yourself up, tell yourself what a loser, what a piece of shit you are, how you can never get ahead. And now you're in this self-depreciating cycle because you're comparing yourself to others or some other person. And really you're comparing your values to theirs. Then you look on Instagram and someone's got this big, beautiful house and this amazing lifestyle and it all looks fancy and happy. And you look at your lifestyle and your kids are running a mark and your house doesn't look like that. And you go, you know what? I, I'm looking up to them. I would love to have a house like theirs. I would love to have a lifestyle like theirs. I wish my kids were like theirs. And you start looking around and your life isn't like theirs. So you start self-depreciating. You remind yourself what a piece of shit you are, what a loser you are. And you keep depreciating, which means you're lowering your self-worth. You're lowering your value. It's harder to make decisions. It's harder to make the right decisions. And all this happens because we're looking up to people. Whenever you look up to someone, you will automatically put yourself down. Now, what does this have to do with role models? There is a right way of using role models. There is a wrong way of using role models. The wrong way is self-comparisons. The right way is looking at their values, looking and understanding their value structure, looking and understanding their decision-making strategy, and figuring out how that fits into your life and your values. So one of my good friends is Dr. John D. Martini. We get along really well. Now, I don't consider him a threat. I don't consider him someone that I pedestal. I understand how challenging his lifestyle is. He travels 300 plus days a year. He does a lot of speaking. We're talking, you know, 300, 400 events or seminars or talk engagements a year. He doesn't spend a lot of time with his family. So not only do I see a lot of his benefits, but I also see a lot of his drawbacks. Now for him, based on his value structure, he lives the perfect life for him. But then the question becomes, is that the perfect life for me? And the answer is no. The reason why it's not is because I have a high value of exercise, the high value of gym. I've been now married coming on four years. Jess and I have been together for coming on 14 years. I love hanging out with her. I love spending time with her. Just my lifestyle is different. So where most people make a mistake of looking up to people and creating role models is that they don't look at both sides and both perspectives. So when I look at someone like John, who is a, a friend of mine and is a colleague and someone who I think does an amazing job, not only do I look at what he does really well. I look at what he doesn't do well. I look at his upsides and his downsides. I compare his values to my values and how he lives life. And what I realize is that he's just a person who is on a mission. And that mission is unique to his value set. And so because of that, I can appreciate John. So I have appreciation. I don't look up to him, but I don't look down upon him. So I don't criticize and judge him and go, well, fucking what an asshole. He did this and he does that. And you know, I would hate to live his life. It's none of that at all. It's just that he's living his life that's unique to him. Now, I know I get that same appreciation from him as well. And that's why we can uh, have some sort of a mutual respect for each other, uh, even though we're in a similar industry, because I see what he does well. I can see where his gaps are and I can see the things that I do well that he doesn't do well. And so all it shows that we both have different values. We both have different mission, even though they're similar. And this is the law of similars and differences. When you start to see this in other people, you have greater respect for people. You have greater appreciation. You see them for their values, which then means that you value them. And normally they will value you because of it, because you don't judge and criticize them, but you also don't pedestal them. And I've had this happen before. I have it happen quite a lot where I'll run an event and someone will come up to me and I get this on social media a bit where someone comes up and they go, oh, you're so lucky to have a supercar. You know, wow, you live this amazing life. You know, wow, you get to travel. I would love to have your lifestyle. Wow, you're so 
amazing. Wow, wow, wow. And when they do that, I know that they don't understand me because they don't understand the sacrifices that I have to make. They don't understand the consistent challenges and the consistent problems that I have to deal with. So they're not seeing me for me. They're seeing me for the fantasies that they have about my lifestyle. Yeah, it's cool to have a supercar, but you don't understand all the problems that I have with them as well. You might see the wealth that I generate. Now, there are some people who are listening to this podcast who generate way more than I do, but there are a lot of people out there who probably don't earn as much as what I do. So when they pedestal me and they go, wow, you're so lucky. I'm like, how, motherfucker? I worked over Christmas. So I had Christmas day off and I was back for Boxing Day. In fact, I woke up first thing Boxing Day. I was working. I didn't do anything for New Year's Day, New Year's night. In fact, I trained the day before New Year's. And then on the first day of January, I was back working. Now, is that the life that I enjoy? Yeah, that's what I enjoy. So thinking that my life is easy and thinking thinking that you know, I'm always having fun, everything's exciting and that I'm so lucky, they don't see all the downside. So it's hard to appreciate another person when all they see is only half of your life. Whereas intelligent people see both sides. So when someone comes up to me and they go, you know, hey, I really appreciate how hard you work in order to achieve the things that you achieve. And I love your knowledge. I can't imagine how much effort and energy goes into you studying and you learning and you doing what you do. I go, this person gets me versus the person who comes up and goes, wow, you're so smart. Wow, you've achieved all this great stuff. Wow, you've got all this money. Wow, you're so lucky. Wow, you can do whatever you want. And I'm like, hang on, you don't even understand what it's like. You do not understand anything. And it's the same as someone who just is on social media and sees my stuff and comes along and they just go, you're just like everyone else. You're one of those coaches that just rip people off. You don't give a shit about people. The whole coaching industry is the same. You don't give a fuck. You know, you've got no qualifications. You're uneducated. And I think that person is also someone who doesn't understand me. Now, how can I appreciate someone who doesn't understand me? It's very, very hard to do that. So when we're talking about role models, if you want to have great people around you and you want to have people that you can model off of, and now when we're talking about modeling, if we look at, let's say, a clay model and you're trying to build a clay model of a car or you're trying to build a model of a car, you already have an understanding of what that thing is. And then from there, you can build the model, however, I guess with whatever bits and pieces are already there. So normally when I model somebody, what I'm looking at is what do they do well? What don't they do well? How can they improve upon things? What are their values? What's their mission? What's their language? And so I really break down their human behavior in order to figure out what I can use in my own life to improve it. But that doesn't mean that I want to be them. You know, when I studied Matt Fraser from CrossFit, I've studied over 1,300 people in different fields and different industries that have reached the pinnacle at the top of their careers, whether it be someone like Warren Buffett, you know, Bill Gates, Matt Fraser from CrossFit, Tia Claire Toomey from CrossFit, whether they're professional athletes, business owners, investors, so on. I will go and I will look at what they do well. I will go and look at what they don't do well. I will go and look at what they can improve upon. I will look at what their gaps are. I will also see them for their value structure. Maybe I try to figure out what their mission is. I see how they set goals. I try to figure out what their languaging and their self-talk is. I see how they communicate in interviews and I pick up where their mental and emotional imbalances are because I just realize that these are people. That's all they are. They're people. They're going to fuck things up. They make mistakes. They say stupid shit because everybody does. I don't see them as being some somebody different than anybody else. They are just someone who has started to have some form of mastery that other people haven't. And what I look at is how can I use those tools, those tips? How can I use the things that they do well? And should I implement these things in my own life? Maybe my own life could improve. You can only do that though when you look at someone from an intelligent, balanced, logical level. You can't do that when you're pedestaling someone. If I look at, let's say Warren Buffett, who's one of the greatest investors on the planet and is probably the greatest investor in history. Now he is one of the richest people on the planet and has been for the last 10 to 20 years. So he's achieved something amazing that most other people have not. And there are a lot of people who get into the top 10 to 20 rich list, but they normally fall out of it, you know, over a period of time. Warren Buffett's 
state in there. Great investor. When I look at him, I look at his life and I look at his values. Now his highest value, I believe, is wealth creation because even in interviews when he was younger and uh, in his one of his interviews or his documentary, Becoming Warren Buffett, his wife said when I, when I met him, he said that he wanted to be the richest person on the planet. I think it was his sister that said when he was 13 or 14 years of age, he said, I will be the richest person on the planet or I want to be the richest person on the planet. So from a young age, he has had this want, this desire, this need to want to grow wealth. So I look at that and I go, okay, cool. That's a cool mission. Then I also look at, well, what are the downsides of doing that? He's been consistently judged. He's been consistently criticized. I watched when they had the crypto bubble that formed and sort of has busted a bit, whether it happens again or whatever, I don't know. But when that happened, all the crypto people coming out and going, he's old, he's outdated, he's only criticizing it because he doesn't understand it. This isn't his generation, he won't understand. And so he copped all this criticism in the media, the media grabbed hold of it. And then all that happened was he came out on top, he made a shitload of money and the majority of crypto people lost their money. So he's had to ride through a lot of the ups and the downs and the negatives. You know, he's had a relationship that fell apart. He had challenges with his children because, you know, he worked all the time and focused on money. He's a different individual. He's very unique. He doesn't go out a lot. He tends to eat the same thing every day. He does the same thing every day. He tends to read a lot, like he'll study for five or so hours a day. And he even said, like, I didn't have a lot to do with the upbringing of my children. Not because he didn't want to, but just because it's not part of his value structure. He's not a bad person. When his kids talk about him now, they talk about him as just being dad's just dad. Like dad has been that way ever since we've known him. We haven't known any different. Now, maybe when they were younger, they didn't understand that. So I see both the benefits of what he has and also the drawbacks. Like what are the drawbacks of having extreme wealth? You know, people trying to sue you, all of those things. And so I just see him as being a very unique individual with some great skill sets. And maybe if I learn from them, I can implement them in my own life. But that's called modeling. That's not pedestaling someone. I couldn't live his life. When I look at someone like Matt Fraser from CrossFit, who is the CrossFit champion or T. Claire Toomey, they can train for two, three, four hours a day. And seven days a week, their whole life is dedicated to exercise and fitness from their nutrition to counting the calories, to making sure they're tracking their sleeping, to like Matt Fraser would take his own mattress to the CrossFit Games to make sure that he would have the perfect sleep. The lifestyle that they live is very unique to them and very different, which is why they became champions. Now, I might look at that and break it down. What are the benefits of doing this? What are the disadvantages of doing this? You know, missing out on some of the lifestyle things that they've missed out on, would I be prepared to do that? There are a lot of challenges with success. So what we can do is if you're someone out there who wants to model other people, then you don't want to look up to them. You want to look at what are the benefits, what are the drawbacks, what are their unique values, what are the upsides of having those values? What are the downsides? You know, there are a lot of people out there who go, you know, Michael works too much. Michael works all the time. Like his life must be boring. But they would say that from a perspective of a value set that is not mine. When I look at my life, I go, well, my highest value is teaching, learning, studying and coaching. So therefore, if I get to teach and learn most days, I love life, like I really enjoy it. So sitting there doing, you know, some of my events like Thrive Time, I will teach for four days straight. And in those four days, I teach from 10 a.m. in the morning to 10 p.m. at nighttime for the first three days, and then 10 a.m. till 6 p.m. on the fourth day. Now, back in the old days, I used to go until one or two o'clock in the morning. And people would say, how the fuck can you do that? And I'm like, I actually have more energy when I do that than when I don't do that. When I finish the event and I'm exhausted, I go, shit, I need a rest, but give me two to three days and I'm ready to go again. And I wanna get out and I wanna teach and I wanna help people and I wanna inspire people to do better in their own lives and give them the tools and all of those sort of things. So for me, I can't stay away from it. The same as gym, like if I have a big gym workout and I've had, you know, a couple, uh, maybe a month or two months of going really, really hard in the gym, I start to get exhausted, a bit fatigued, and I think, you know, I'm just going to take the week off. 
two, three days after I've had a couple of days off, I'm ready to go again. Like I want to go train. I want to go exercise because it's my values. Now I've got some friends of mine and some family members. If they went to the gym twice in a month, that'd be stoked. And for them, any more than that, that'd be exhausted. It would wear them out. So they're getting direct feedback around their values and what's a priority in life and what's important, how they operate. Now, if they looked at someone like Matt Fraser and they tried to live life like him, do his gym workouts, do his routines, they'd be fucking miserable. And they wouldn't enjoy it. And that's self-sabotage and self-destruct because self-sabotage is direct feedback that you're prioritizing things outside of your values or you're living with some sort of a fantasy or a delusion that is making you be inauthentic. So the inauthenticity that someone lives will be the feedback that they get by self-sabotage and procrastination. If you just wake up in the morning and you do you, you don't self-sabotage. But when you try to be something that you're not, you'll self-sabotage, self-destruct, procrastinate. This is why I go through this stuff at, at our Thrive Time event, because if you're wasting your life through self-destruction, self-sabotage, self-defeating, beating yourself up, over time, you're not going to get the results that you want. If you can get really, really clear with your success map in life, you get to achieve more. You'll just be more successful in general. You'll feel more fulfilled. You actually enjoy the life that you've got, but you also say no to things that aren't you, but you also start to see the value of other people around you. Driven mofos. I wanted to mention something that means a lot to me. When I was younger, everyone doubted me and their doubts became my doubts. Their fears fested inside my mind and I hated myself as I knew I could do so much more in life. I just didn't know where to start and failure would reinforce what a loser I already believed I was. If it wasn't for listening to audios just like this, which I spent tens of thousands of dollars on, I would have probably ended it all. I know that there are so many people out there who feel this way and are holding themselves back from greatness. So if I could ask just one favor today, it would be that you share this podcast with just one person as it may make all the difference and start them on a new path. So when I was younger and I used to compare myself to others, I would feel shit about myself. So I would try to outperform everybody. I would try to beat everybody. I would try to show that I was better than everybody because I was insecure. Once I started realizing that my values are my values and no one can compete with me. Like no one teaches and educates in the way that I teach and educate with the knowledge that I have. I know that. And so there are plenty of other people who try to copy my content and try to be me, but I don't really care because they're not, they're not competition. They're probably gonna burn out. In two years, they'll give up, or in 12 months, they'll give up, you know, because it seemed like a good idea at the time, and they pedestaled me, and they look up to me, and maybe I was a role model for them. But over time, they started self-depreciating, beating themselves up, feeling like they're not good enough, because they're trying to run in my lane, not their own lane, which does mean that they're not good enough. Like, they're never gonna be me, so they're never gonna be as good as me in my lane. But in their own lane, they can be uniquely them, which then means that they will be as good as they can be. And that's where you win the game of life, and where you're the most fulfilled. So when I see the newspaper come out with things like, you know, these athletes are role models and parents are fucking whinging and complaining that these 18 year old kids have gone out and got drunk on a footy thing and done some stupid shit. I'm thinking, who the fuck do they think these athletes are? Like they're 18 year old kids at 18. I didn't know my bloody ass from my head. I didn't know how to navigate life. I didn't know how to handle money. I didn't, I, I mean, I fucked up so much shit. I didn't know how to communicate effectively. Now, especially when you look at young males, the prefrontal cortex of the brain, which helps to regulate our impulse it helps to regulate our emotional imbalances, our insecurities. It helps to mitigate risk. That is not really that effective for males and it doesn't really come online and become super effective for the majority of males up until their late 20s. And for females, it's early tw early 20s based on the research and the literature. So you've got an, a bunch of 18, 19, 20, 21 year old professional athletes 
that all play around, let's just say, I'm going to use an example of AFL footballers. Now, um, if you're listening to this overseas, just go and check out the game of AFL football. But we could say that it's this is Aussie rules football or Australian rules football. But even if it's soccer, what we call soccer in Australia, or uh, it's called football all around the rest of the world for whatever reason. But you've got these young males that don't have their prefrontal cortex developed enough yet, who have dedicated their life to sport. Now they're getting good money. They get a lot of attention from, let's say, you know, who they're attracted to, whether it be male or female. Um, let's just generalize and say they get a lot of attention from females. They get invited out to parties. They get free shit all the time. People kiss their ass because they're extremely good and gifted at what they do and they put a lot of work and effort and energy. So they start to live a certain way. Then all of a sudden they go out, they get on the, they, they drink a lot, they're partying hard and they make a couple of stupid decisions. The media grab hold of it. They come out, they blow it up like professional footballer takes drugs and ends up getting in a fight. Then all of a sudden the club comes out and the club doesn't want to upset their fans, which essentially is a small minority of the fan base that pedestal these people and call them role models. And they come out and they go, this shouldn't have happened. We're going to send this person to a psychologist and they're going to get therapy and they're going to do all this stuff because they're trying to take the personality out of that individual and not realizing that this is an 18, 19 or 20 year old male that now is being looked up to and that all these people or these parents say, well, these people are role models and they think these people should be walking on water like fucking Jesus, supposedly. Instead of realizing that they're 18 year old kids and 18, the majority of people in our society have no fucking idea what they're doing in life and they haven't made enough mistakes. They haven't done a lot of stupid shit. They also have a lot of money so that when they blow it, it's a lot more obvious and when they do things the media are there and they get a lot more attention like when I was younger 18, 19, 20 and I used to go out to the pub and I'd get in a fight the next morning I just wake up friends call hey what happened tell them you know what I was a dickhead this happened or whatever happened and then I just get on with life the footballer that does the same thing they now have their career tarnished because the media grab hold of it, it's blown out of proportion. You've got 100, 2, 3, 400,000 people all reading the newspaper going, oh, you know, terrible that this could happen. Like, what were they doing out drinking? What were they doing out partying? You know, this is the club's problem. And then so they blame the club and then the club has to go on a reaction mode because they don't want to lose fans and they want to be seen as being proactive in regards to this stuff and so on. It's just this whole bunch of bullshit by people not understanding that these are 18, 19, 20 year old people that have no idea what they're even doing in life yet in most cases. Not all the time, but in most cases, if you're listening to this and you're 18, 19, or you know, you're probably under the age of 30, then you're probably going, no, I'm a lot more intelligent than that. But believe me, once I hit early 30s to late 30s, I look back now at my life and go, shit, if I knew what I knew now, I would have probably done life completely different in my 20s, but I wasn't ready for that knowledge yet. You know, I think uh, every decade, if you are an intelligent individual, you become way, way smarter and, and your results compound in life. You think through things differently, you act differently, you behave differently. Most people, that's not all of them, that's most people. You might not realize it now, now, but by the time you get into your 30s, 40s, 50s, you'll probably realize that you're a lot smarter now and the way you make decisions is a lot different than what you did when you were younger. So anyway, coming back to it, these essentially are people that are making mistakes, but are being called role models. Then now you've got parents that are complaining because they do a shit in a lot of circumstances in our society now. Parents do a shittier job of navigating parenthood with their kids. And so then they expect that athletes are going to be the role models for their kids instead of realizing them that they're the fucking role models and that the, the these professional athletes that are 18 to 19 year olds shouldn't be role modeling anything apart from how they play their sport or how they dedicate to something that's important to them. Not whether they go out on weekends and drink or whether they, you know, go out on a weekend and have sex with 15 different women. That's not what they should be judged for. They should be judged by the way they play on the field because that's the that's the thing that you support them for. It's not what they do off of the field. Now, if some people will go, well, yeah, you know, they should be good people and they should be better. Yeah, maybe they should. Maybe they, maybe based on your expectations and maybe based on your value structure and maybe based 
based on what's important to you, they should behave differently. But I would also say that the majority of people in life have done a lot of dumb shit, especially if they're self-reflective. There are plenty of people out there who don't perceive that they do the, the things wrong. You know, I see people on social media consistently pretending that they're like Jesus and that they walk on water and that their life is perfect and they have all the answers. But that's not the truth. That's not the real truth. Most people that are doing anything in life and are doing it well have normally made a lot of mistakes and have done a lot of dumb shit. And as being a coach of people for the last almost 20 years now, I've been working with people and coaching people. I can tell you the stories that I've heard that have come out of people's mouths that I haven't expected. I've heard a lot of stuff from a lot of people and I used to go, wow, I wouldn't have thought you would have done that or I wouldn't have thought that you would have acted like that or I wouldn't have thought you behaved like that. But people do. And I'm sure that we've all got a little dark box of shit in the back of our mind of all the things that we've done wrong in our life and all the thing that we judge and we criticize ourselves for, whether it being, you know, a lot of sex when we're younger or even maybe now that you're older, whether it's drinking, partying, running a mark, crashing cars, you know, having accidents, doing a lot of things. I'm assuming there's that little little black box in the side of your brain and you don't want anyone to find the key to it because they will discover all the things that you've done in your life and they might judge and criticize you for those, those things. But you know what? We're humans and humans just do those things in order to learn from them. And if you're intelligent, you will make mistakes and you will learn from them. Some of the best people I know now that are some of the most influential people in my own lives have done a lot of crazy shit in their life. And that's because they're human. They're no less of a human because they've made those mistakes. What I appreciate is that they've learned from those mistakes and they've grown from them. I think that is huge. And I think that if you're listening to this and you're someone who judges yourself for things that you've done in the past, I don't think you should. I think what would be a better choice is to go back and look upon those things, see how they benefited you and what you learned from them and how they make you a better individual now. And if you get to a point where you go, I wouldn't change those things because I am who I am now, then you're probably a better human being because of it. Those people in our society that probably judge you and criticize you and go, oh, that's disgusting and it's bad. And uh, those people are people who are so ignorant to the fact that they have never done those things. Like most people try to hide shit that they've done and then they judge and criticize others for doing those things. And parents do it all the time with their kids where they'll say, you know, you shouldn't do that. You shouldn't behave like that. But at the same time, they did it. You know, I remember my dad used to tell me off at school for fighting, but I know my dad used to fight all the time at school. I also know that, you know, I've been told before about by my grandparents of not drinking so much when I was younger. Now, I know that my grandparents drank a lot when they were younger. So it's easy in hindsight to look back on your life and go, you know, you shouldn't do that. That's easy. But to go through the experience and to learn from it is a completely different thing. And people need to be given the space to learn from their mistakes. If you keep making the same mistake, then uh, you're probably not as intelligent as what you'd like to be maybe. But if you can learn from those mistakes and grow from them, then so be it. But coming back to the role models, if you're looking up to people and calling them role models, it's a bad idea. And it will prevent you from being as successful as what you want, maybe as fulfilled as what you want, but it's also going to lead to a lot of your own self-destruction, self-sabotage patterns, behavioral problems as far as feeling depressed, beating yourself down, negative self-talk, because you're never going to compare to the people that you look up to. But if you bring them down off of the pedestal and you realize that they're just walking on the same level that you're walking on, they just do things differently and they do them in their own unique way. Like someone who's an amazing parent probably dedicates a lot of time to parenting and a lot of time to communication. But I can guarantee you if they're dedicating a lot of time to that one area of life, they're probably not dedicating their life to other areas. Okay, so I know my sister is an amazing mother. She's fucking phenomenal. And the way she communicates with the kids is just amazing. Now, because of that, she doesn't dedicate her life to other areas that other people do. You know, she doesn't go to the gym as much as, as some of the other people out there. She doesn't exercise as much. 
she tends to spend a lot of time having experiences with the kids and going away. Her and my brother-in-law go away a lot, motorbike riding, and they'll go on holidays and traveling because for both of them, travel and experience is important and they love doing that as a family and they love doing it with their friends. And so when you see their values as such, you go, cool, they are living a great life according to them and their values. But there are other areas of their life where they can't put as much time and energy into their life as some other people because it's not as important, okay? So for my sister going to the gym six days a week and thrashing out exercise and counting calories and all that sort of stuff is is not even in her mind at the moment and, and it hasn't been since the kids were born and that's because of her values. That doesn't mean she's less of a person. It just means that she's prioritizing her values and because of that, she's extremely good at them and I see her as such. And so I have a, an amazing respect for someone like that. When I see some of my friends that are extremely highly educated and I look at their life and I go, wow, they are extremely intelligent. I also see the downsides of being extremely intelligent that most people don't understand them. Also the fact that they dedicate a lot of time to studying and learning and they sit at home a lot and they might be reading for three to four hours a day and they're writing papers and doing all that stuff. That makes them extremely skilled at one area of life, but other areas of life like their friendship circles and their relationships suffer because of it. They don't perceive it suffering because they enjoy the life that they have based on their values. But to someone else who has a high value of social connection, like I do, if I live their lifestyle, that would be suffering to me. So I like to learn, but I also like to hang out with people and I like to learn from people. So I choose who I connect with and who I spend time with based on the fact that I like teaching people. So if I can teach people and they're coachable, I probably like hanging out with them. If I can learn from people, then I enjoy hanging out with them. But if I'm hanging out, just drinking and talking about absolute shit, like I don't know, sport or whatever. I mean, it's not shit for a lot of people, but for me, I can't influence the game of sport. So I very rarely talk about it. Every now and again, I'll watch a game of basketball or I'll watch a game of, or, or I'll watch Formula One or something like that. But I would rather watch a documentary about an athlete than I would watch the actual sport that they play. That's just me though. But to me, that's, that's an enjoyable life. But there are also downsides to that also. Okay, there's downsides to the way that I live. So please understand, don't pedestal people, don't look up to people. If you're going to use someone as a role model, you want to model their behaviors, their beliefs, their ideas, uh, the way that maybe they do something, but you also have to look at the downsides of doing that thing. You know, I look at Matt Fraser from CrossFit and I'll see the way he exercises and trains. I will look at his training routine and I'll go, cool, what can I fit into my life, my lifestyle, and will it get me the results that I want based on what I'm trying to achieve? Versus I'm gonna copy exactly what he does and try to be him and then in a month I'm burnt out my whole body's fallen to bits. That's not a good idea. I hope that helps driven mofos. Role modeling or modeling others who are successful is super important. That's part of the reason why I create this podcast because there's a lot of things that I've learned that should you model, it will probably help you to achieve more in your own life. But what I will say is don't try to live in anyone else's lane. You have to discover your own lane, which includes your own mission, your purpose, your values, your own lifestyle balance. You need to understand your own visions, document those things, and essentially create your own success map for your own life and then get out there and live it. And should you use bits and pieces of what you've learned from others, you will probably live a really successful and fulfilling life and you'll enjoy it. You'll love it. But when you start looking up to others, the feedback that you're going to get is self-sabotage, procrastination, low self-worth, beating the shit out of yourself, imposter syndrome, feeling like you're not good enough, doubting yourself all the time, unable to make decisions, being indecisive, fucking around a lot, wasting a lot of time. And this is going to keep happening in a cycle until you realize that the people you're looking up to are just normal people. And they also probably do something similar to what you do as well in other ways and in other areas of their own life as well. The key thing is know yourself, be yourself and just live a great life. Hope that helps River Mofos. Keep kicking ass and I look forward to you joining me back here once again for another episode of the Underestimated Entrepreneur. Peace out.